time for the Bay Area's favorite quiz show, Minds Over Matter. Joining moderator Dana Rodriguez this evening will be technical editor Kara Pace and teacher Lori Fisher. And it's got to be our moderator, Mr. Dana Rodriguez. Thank you very much, Damien, and welcome everybody to Minds Over Matter. Hope you're having a uh, lovely, if rainy, weekend. And we also hope you can spare us an hour of your very valuable time tonight because Minds Over Matter is an audience participation quiz program. So, of course, we are hoping that you will call and participate. We have a few lines open right now. And we always want to encourage you to call early in the show, if possible, because you have a better chance of getting on. So those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134. Again, that's area code 415-841-4134 or toll free 866-798-8255. Don't, don't waste your time fixing your hair. Nobody can see you, Lloyd. Uh, again, 415 415- Eight four one four one three four or toll free eight six six seven nine eight eight two five. I will be taking calls and questions on current events, movies, history, literature, geography, television, radio, and whatever Kira brought in. So, uh, all that being said, I also want to remind you of our email address, which is mindsovermatter one at gmail dot com. So that is m i n d s o v e r m a t t e r one. That is the numeral one. So again, that is mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. I'm actually home tonight. We're all doing the show via Zoom. Uh, I might be able to pick up some of your emails, but uh, try try the phone first. It's a little easier. I don't have to multitask that way. And uh, of course, if you'd like to hear us uh, on live stream, all you have to do is go to kalw.org. It's going on right now, strangely enough. And uh, of course, the podcast should be up after our show tonight. That will also be at KALW.org and um, many other places as well, but start with KALW. And all right, all that being said, we're going to start with a round of introductions and then a round of questions. And here's the first. Kira Pace will gladly pay you one cryptocurrency tomorrow for a non-fungible token today. This is true. Hmm. Okay. Um, real quick, did you get your haircut, Lori? I did. Yeah, Damien noticed. I didn't notice. Thank you, Damien. Damien. Yeah, thank you for not noticing. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. Thank you. Uh, so Our audience this... will notice. Yeah, yeah. yeah the I audience should see. They yeah. should see what I see. With his hopes as high as ever, Laurie Fisher was disappointed that he was, once again, not selected on Selection Sunday, and also, once again, not nominated for the throwback Grammy for most derivative 60s garage band from the 60s. Of course... He'd prefer to be zooming into Minds Over Matter with fellow panelists Kira and Dana, and by far his favorite audience in the radio universe, all of you. Pretty good, huh? Pretty pandery. That's long enough to send to the Reader's Digest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know this is very appropriate. If less is more, then this is our moderator, Dana Rodriguez's longest introduction. All right. And all that being said, we will start with Kira Pace. All right. Speaking of pandering, here I go. (laughs) So I have a lead-in question, and then I'm going to do a list. Uh, Here it is, the lead-in. 
Screenwriter Angus MacPhail originated what term adopted by Alfred Hitchcock that referred to an object, device, or event that is necessary to move the plot or to motivate, motivate the characters, but which is unimportant in itself? What is that term? MacGuffin. MacGuffin, yes. Yeah. MacGuffin is correct. Yeah, so great term. Get ready to write because I will be giving you a list of MacGuffins and I want you to tell me the movies that they're from. How many and how many are Hitchcock? Uh, there are 10, plenty of Hitchcock. That's why there's 10 so mm-hmm. that uh, you can each do two and then Dana will probably sneak in one or two more and then I'll leave a couple for the audience. So here they are. An oil painting called After the Hunt, painted by Bogard and valued at $100,000. So an oil painting called After the Hunt, painted by Bogard and valued at $100,000. It's the longest one. The next one is $40,000 in cash. $40,000 in cash. The next one is Colonel Kurtz. Number four is Clause 27. Clause? Like C-L-A- Clause. C-L-A-U-S-E. As in a treaty's clause. Number five is Professor Lint's Secret Formula. That's Professor Lint, L-I-N-D-T, his secret formula. Next is the Genesis device. Number seven is a message for the foreign office in Whitehall encoded in a tune. Once again, that is a message for the foreign office in Whitehall. And that message is encoded in a tune, T-U-N-E. Number eight is the Necronomicon. Number nine is Marvin Acme's will. Marvin Acme, A-C-M-E, his will. And the last one is the Continuum Transfunctioner. Continuum Transfunctioner. So quickly, an oil painting called After the Hunt, painted by Bogart and valued at $100,000, $40,000 in cash, Colonel Kurtz, Clause 27, Professor Lint's Secret Formula, The Genesis Device, A Message for the Foreign Office in Whitehall, encoded in tune, The Necronomicon, Marvin Acme's Will, and The Continuum Transfunctioner. What you got? All right, Laurie, go ahead. Well, when when you announced it, I thought I would know all of them, and I don't know any for sure. I'm going to take a guess at the message from the Foreign Office, encoded in a tune. It sounds a little bit like the 39 steps. It is not. Oh, it's not. Okay, then is it, is it foreign correspondent? It is not. All right. Those are the only ones, those are the only ones I knew for sure. So Dana... You, you do have the right the uh, director there, though. Yeah. Well, I think All right. Uh, <laughs> after the hunt, and I'm delighted if it's the one that I'm thinking of, uh, is that the painting that it's stolen in the... And the Marx Brothers film, Animal Crackers? It is. I'm glad that you are delighted by that. <laughs> nice. Good. I'm glad you, I'm glad you used that. And uh, $40,000 in cash, of course, that's uh, Marion steals $40,000 in cash and in Psycho and drives, drives away to the Bates Motel. Nice. Of course. And should I do one more or not? Yeah, you can take a couple more. You can have Lori's. I have one of mine. 
So now I'll do, I'll just do one more here. Is Clause 27, is that, uh, is that foreign correspondent? That one is foreign correspondent. Clause 27 is the treaty between the Dutch and the Belgians. Yes, that's the treaty. All right. So that leaves Colonel Kurtz, Professor Lint's secret formula, the Genesis device, a message for the foreign office in Whitehall encoded in a tune, the Necronomicon, Marvin Acme's will, and the Continuum Transfunctioner. Dana, All right. Do you, do and, you know uh, Dana, do you know that one about encoded in a tune? Yes. Okay, good. We'll get it later. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Laura, you go ahead. All right. Well, I have a list, but it, you don't have to write down anything because you'll just have to name six things. So I was looking at... The American Film Institute has all these wonderful lists. This one from 2003. This is a list of the 50 greatest heroes and 50 greatest villains in film. And the hero list only in the top 10 only had two women in the top 10, Clarice and uh, Ellen Ripley from Alien. But six of the top 10 villains were women. Who were they? So the short version is of the, of the top villains in film history, according to AFI. So that means they're all American films. Six of the top ten were women. Give you two and a half each. So if we get three, we'll put the rest out to the audience. Um, is uh, Glenn Close two of them? Glenn Close is one of them. Which one do you want? Well, it's either the... Uh, it's either 101 Dalmatians or the um, uh, one where she's... Chasing Michael Douglas, whose name I can never remember. Um, yes. We'll give you that one. That one's Fatal right. Attraction. Fatal Attraction. Attraction. She yeah. plays Alex Forrest. I was going to guess Cartoon Cruella DeVille, but I guess yeah, that's, not. Yeah, well, I, I, figured, I, might, I figured some version of Cruella DeVille was going to be on that list. Yeah, but neither one's in the top ten, unfortunately. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Kira, you got one? Um... Oh, what about the uh, Wicked Witch of the West? Ah, oh, that's the highest ranked one, number four on the list. Very good. From Wizard right. of Oz, of course. Give you either one of you one more. What do you got? Well, why don't you go over the whole thing once more just for so, folks? Of the top 50 villains in film history, according to the American Film Institute, in the top 10, six of them are women or female, I should say. And one of them is Wicked Witch of the West. Here I got that. Uh, Dana got Alex Forrest and Fatal Attraction. I'm looking for four more to complete the list. There's many more in the top 50, but that's what I'm looking for in the top 10. How about Ann Savage in the 1945 film noir Detour? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent guess. She did not make the top 50, I don't think. All right. Kira, got one more? No. Okay, I they're don't. all well known. I have all... no Ann Savage. You, you have no right. Ann Savage no. in you? No, okay. I don't. Okay, we'll put it out there, but they're all well known. These are all fun. I recommend Detour is the most possibly the most hopeless film ever made, and I mean hopeless in in terms of fate. Um, oh, what about do? Are there any biopics in there? Like, what about uh, Charlize oh. Theron as uh, Eileen Warnos in Monster? Oh, in that's the, a good guess. It's a great guess, and in the top ten, there are no biopics in there. Uh, <laughs> there. There are in the hero side, but not on the villain side. All right, my husband gave me one guess, and uh, is it is Kathy Bates in Misery on there? Oh, uh, she's in the top twenty, but you don't get a bell because she's not in the top ten. Sorry, Greg. All right, okay. No, Mister Man, not on there. <laughs> Such um, a good guess, though. Okay. In the meantime, uh, Damian, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hello. Are you there? Who's calling? I can't hear you very well. 
Hello? Hello? Hi, go ahead. All right, I can hear you. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. Jeez. <laughs> it's always a struggle at the start. Well, there are six movie lines, and I'll give you a line. Name the character, the circumstance, and then the movie. All right. All right. So there, think, there are six of these. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Okay. Go ahead. Attention. Number two. I don't bray. I don't bray? Bray. Bray. Okay. I don't bray. Echo. Number three. You there. Number four. Well, nobody's perfect. Number five. Nobody tells me what to do. And the last one. Number six. You and your big numbers. Well, well there's only a one obvious one to me, and I'm sure it's me the too. one that's obvious yeah. to all of us. Which oh, is, well, nobody's perfect, right? Nobody's perfect from Thumb Like It Hot. The others are so brief and almost nebulous that we, they might get easily lost. You might not think of what movie they were from. Or, I mean, they might they might be from 100 movies. Is, is are these all it. final lines by any chance? Last lines you know, of movies? It's a mix. There are some of the very first lines, some of the last lines. I'm in the middle. Yeah, it's not a lot to go on for some of them. This is our so. I have, uh, I have another jump to tell you some stuff that will follow up. The one, uh, well, you didn't say who said what to whom and what the movie was. Okay. Nobody's perfect. Osgood through Jerry or Daphne. Right, right. right. Okay, so, and the first one, attention. Attention must be paid. Well, that that's a line in Death oh. of a Salesman. Is that what you mean? Right. And what? Yeah. So that's, that's that's a line in Death Mildred, of a Salesman. Willie Loman yeah, says Willie, attention. Willie Loman's wife says that, right? Mm-hmm. No, no. He, he he says it. Uh, Frederick. I mean, Willie Loman says it in the play oh, okay. when he's having a breakdown. So is that what you All mean, right. the Willie Loman line, or not? It's Linda, the wife, saying. Really? Yeah, that was right. Yeah. Yeah, you were at his funeral. I'll say, I stand corrected. Take the statement. That was, that was and call it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's all stay humble now. All right. I don't bray. Don't know you that. there? Okay. You there? Why are you so late? Are you, you saying I don't bray? You. Like be like boy bray like a donkey? Correct. Oh. No idea. Pinocchio? Oh, that's good. No. Martha. Oh, is this uh, four people? Yeah, the Virginia Woolf. Oh, yeah. Who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Okay. Yep. All right. You got that one. You there. Why are you so late? It has to be. You have to give us more than that. That is the first line of this movie, 1949. Black and white. A dark comedy. With a corpse floating in a pool face down and he's doing a voiceover. Oh, Sunset Boulevard? Yep. 
Yeah, Gloria Swanson yells it out the window to uh, William Holden. No, right. She mistook him for the Undertaker for or the um, Dermis for the monkey. That's the Dermis for right. the monkey, you know. So he's got no clue. And nobody's perfect. Okay. Nobody tells me what to do. Hmm. Sounds like a lot of movies. Yeah. Give us more. Donnie is the character. Sorry, say that again, please. Johnny is the character. Johnny? Okay. Yeah. Is it the postman always rings twice? No. Help. Uh, Think Brando. Brando. Oh, the wild one? Yep. And the last one is, you and your big numbers. You don't watch out, you're going to be wearing it on your chest, across your chest. No, you have to give us something something else there. That's the whole line. You and your big numbers. You don't watch out, you're going to be wearing it across your chest. Right. Uh, no, you have to, I mean, you have to tell us one of the actors or something. Um, Judy Holiday. Oh, is it? Oh, board, you mean born uh, yesterday? Born yesterday? yesterday, yeah. Yeah. Billy Don talking to Roderick Crawford. There yeah. you go. You got him on Harry. Now. Harry. His name is Harry. Yeah. yeah. Harry. Harry. You and your big numbers. So All thank right. you. Okay. Thank you. Thank Bye. you very much. You bet. Did we get everything? I think we got everything, right? Okay. Thank you. All six. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Let me do a question here. And let's see. All right. In the Bible, what are the, and this is, I'm talking about the Old and the New Testament, so the total Bible there. What are the two most common phrases in the Bible? And you can look at them as commands, basically. I think if you, if you were to just to read them, they're both saying basically the same thing with different wording. So what are the two most common phrases you find in the Bible? I'm taking in the old and the new Testament. And they're commands. Is that what you're saying? They're, you could see them as a command. They could be a request. You could also see them as a command. Huh. And would you say they're kind of positive or are they kind of, punitive and like bow down before me. Kind I would of. say they're more they're more positive than negative. Hmm. So neither one of them is long. They're both saying basically the same thing with different wording and you could see them in the form of a command or a request. Are they so, like one word like come or hurting? No, or? They're, it's more than one word. How about God? But, but is, they're, is God? they're short. Is God bless you one of them? No, no. And God is not mentioned in either one. Oh, okay. Well, then, Kira, I'll give you all the rest. (laughs) (laughs) I I got nothing. Yeah. All right. So what are the two most common phrases you find in the Bible? And I'm taking in the Old and the New Testament. You could see them as either a request or a command. And... um, Let's see. 
what else can I tell you? They're both saying basically the same thing with different wording. So, okay. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you one more question. What are the seven longest running TV shows that actually had the word show in their title? What are the seven longest running TV shows that actually had the word show in the title of the show? Okay. Uh, and I'll give you one guess each. The Merv Griffin show. No, these are, I'm sorry. I, you're, you would have been right probably, but these are all primetime shows. Just ah. say so you know. that. Sorry. I should have said that. So what are the seven longest running TV primetime TV shows that actually had the word show in the title? And the tonight, the tonight show doesn't count for the same reason. Tonight, it's not primetime. Right. Okay. All right. What about uh, your show of shows? That's a good guess, but yeah. no, it wasn't, it wasn't on as long as any of these. Yeah. Okay. Was it, how about the Ed Sullivan show? Is that? The Ed Sullivan show is one. That's oh. number two. That was, that started out as the talk of the ta- uh, the toast of the town, right. and then uh, in 1955 changed the name to the Ed Sullivan Show. So it was the Ed Sullivan Show from 1955 to 1972. So 17 oh, years. Very good. And what about Carol Burnett Show then? Good. Carol Burnett Show is okay. is one of them. Yes, and that was on for nine seasons. Um, without guessing so, another one, because you want one each. Are any of them? Can Damien guess? Damien has to guess. All right, Mary, Damien. He has the Mary Tyler Moore show. Not the Mary Tyler Moore show. No, but are, are, any of them, are any of them sitcoms like that? Um, yes. And so hold off with your guesses for now. So again, the two questions are, what are the two most common phrases in the Bible? And I'm taking in the Old and New Testament. They are basically requests or commands. You could see them either way. And they are fairly positive. And um, they're not long either. So keep that in mind. And what are the seven longest running TV shows, primetime network TV shows that actually have the word show in the title? So far we have the Ed Sullivan Show and the Carol Burnett Show. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hey, this is Fred in West Virginia. Hi, Fred. I want to congratulate Laurie on his first haircut in a year. Is that is that right? It is. Thank you very much. Oh, it looks good. That's doesn't awesome. It? It, awesome on the radio. And uh, uh, Illinois won the Big 12 tournament. I want to congratulate you on that. And I think I have a, a female uh, villain. How about the character Nurse, Nurse Ratchet? One flew mm. over the cuckoo's nest. Exactly sure. right. Give him a bell. Number five on okay. the list. Louise All Fletcher. Right, Louise, Louise Fletcher. And what is our newest national park out of the 63 national parks in the United States? It's in What's West Virginia. New- yes. I don't remember the name right. of it. The, the Joe Manchin Park. Is that what it is? The Joe Manchin <laughs> Park. New River Gorge National Park and Preserve. Wow. 2021, our newest park. And what is allowed there? that's not allowed in any of the other 62 national parks. Uh, Mountain Dew? <laughs> no, don't make fun of West Virginia. We have about, our own national park here now. How about not, oh. wearing, not wearing masks? No. Okay. Is it something permanent? In- it's only one day a year. 
it's allowed. That you can do this. Do you have to You're wear overalls to, to go? <laughs> no, no more, no more West Virginia jokes. This is a real question from West Virginia. All right. Only allowed so, one day a year. It's not allowed probably anywhere else in the United States, but certainly mm-hmm. not in any national park. Wow. One day a year it's allowed. So is the only national park that allows this? Is that what you're saying? Yes. And, and is it a thing that's generally dangerous, like fireworks or firearms or nothing like that? Definitely dangerous. Huh. How about hunting? No. Base jumping? Hunting, I don't think it's allowed in no. any national park. What did you say, Kara? Base jumping? Base jumping, exactly right. Is it? And, oh. and uh, what, what is that uh, day call? What's what? What is the name of that special day? It's in the third third Saturday in October. Base oh. jumping day? <laughs> Bridge day. Bridge ah. day. What is it? Okay, Bridge day? Bridge. Bridge. Bridge day. And it's not, it's not a card game day. No, it's jumping yeah. off a bridge. And they have over 1,200 jumps within six hours. It's an amazing sight. Oh. Off the New River sh- Gorge bridge you sure it's not called saving hawkins day huh all right no 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 more west all right right. thank you guys and all All right bye-bye and next call hi you're on minds over matter i need so since the first caller took 13 minutes i'm going to be very short today (laughs) (laughs) very short okay two interesting Uh, questions though so last week we talked about international women day which is beautiful I have a comment about that in a second. But today, actually, March 14th, is the Pi Day. It's not the pie you eat. It's biophysics. So this famous phys- physicist was born today. Very famous physicist on Pi Day. You know Pi? 3.14 or 22 right. over 7? Yeah. So very famous physicist was born today, March 14th. Um, Enrico Enrico Fermi. No. Okay. okay, I'll give you the whole birthday. March 14, 1879. I'll still oh. guess Oppenheimer. No. Uh, Einstein. More famous. Einstein. More famous. Einstein. Einstein. Yeah. Einstein it is. It is yes. Einstein. Okay. Um, okay. Talking about women. Very short question about women. Well, everybody know about Amelia Earhart. She flew from, you know, solo flight in 1932 from the U.S. to uh, Europe, across the Atlantic. Which city, uh, not from the U.S., uh, from North America, which city she flew from and which country she landed at? You mean, wh- when you say landed, you mean, wait a minute, you mean when she crashed? Yeah, are you talking no, about no, her no, last? No, 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 she's, 32, she no, I, 32, she didn't crash. 32... <laughs> 32, she made the trip. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, yeah. No, I no, think no, she no, landed, uh, didn't she land in France? What? Uh, not France? really quiet. No? It, she actually okay. landed in North Didn't uh, North she Island. leave? Yeah. Wait about, a minute. Where did she, she flew from? She used to, she flew, she flew out of Oakland once, didn't she? Or Alameda? Well, let's talk about 1932. <laughs> okay. All right. So she, she flew from uh, Newfoundland, Canada. So let's, mm-hmm. that's tell me the subsequent question. Okay. In 1937, the sad story, she flew, which airport she flew from? I think that was Oakland. That is Oakland, exactly. Exactly, yeah. and that's why Oakland Airport used to be called Amelia Earhart Airport. 
very good. Very good. Now, in that same position, only one year later, great Egyptian woman, her name Nadia Elolfi, she flew solo. She got her license in 1932. In 1933, she flew solo from Cairo to Alexandria. She is very famous. Can you, you know, it will be interesting for, for people to go search her name. And, um, uh, you know, actually, you know, Egyptian women in early age and in early 1900s, they were extremely active. We had feminist revolution, we had all kinds of things. So uh, leave this audience. Um, it will be good to go. Nadia, in, excuse me, Lotfia, uh, L-O-T-F-I-A. Imnadi, E-L-N-A-D-I. Lotfia Imnadi. And she also happened to be very beautiful. Both Amelia Hart and Nadia uh, and Lotfia were very beautiful ladies. Okay, have a good night. Always Thank, a great show. Thank you, Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh my! It was it was irate there. That uh, oh, okay. At the length yeah. of the calls, he's don't tired. make him wait thirteen minutes again. Okay, <laughs> pay attention, <laughs> Damien. This is yeah. This is all you're doing. Um, that's all right. And uh, in the meantime, let's see, Kira, why don't you go ahead? All right, I got. Uh, I have a question and a follow up question. So. No lists, just two questions. What is the name of the silent film actress who starred in such cliffhanger serials as The Pearls, I'm sorry, The Perils of Pauline? So looking for the name of the silent film actress who starred in such cliffhanger serials as The Perils of Pauline. That's Pearl White. It is Pearl White. Uh the reason I ask that is that uh, in, in the serials that she did, a lot of the characters spent most of their time, their screen time, chasing each other for possession of some item. So basically a MacGuffin. Uh, what word did Pearl White use to describe the coveted object of whatever film she was in? And she used this word 20 years before Hitchcock popularized the term MacGuffin. So this was her substitute term for MacGuffin. It wasn't a substitute. It was more like MacGuffin's the substitute for her word because she had it first. She had it like 20 years before this? Do we still know this term today? No. Nope. Uh, we use MacGuffin. Does the word actually describe something or is it just sort of a nebulous term like MacGuffin? Uh, it's a word that describes... This word exists in the dictionary to describe something completely different. Oh. Hmm. Huh. And we have no association with it in the movies. Nope. But we no idea. No pure idea. Pure trivia. This is I don't think it's guessable. It's just kind of you know it or you don't. So Right. Yeah. No, I don't know it. Leave it All out. Right. You got Pearl White though, silent stars of the <laughs> That's true. So I think you get a bell for that because I don't know that you gave yourself one. Oh, all right. Thank you. Okay, leave that out. And um, Damien, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. You there, caller? I'm here. Hello? Hi, you're on. Go ahead. Is that me? It is you. Go ahead, please. All right, all right. Uh, Dick Van Dyke Dick Van Dyke Show, no, not the Dick Van Dyke Show. It wasn't on long enough. Yeah. Okay. Question. Yes. Who repeated the words of the song, I am the man who broke the bank at Monte Carlo, and 
the echo would answer his words back. Pretty famous movie. Well, the, there was a there was a movie called The Man Who Broke the Bank in Monte Carlo, and that was it was played by Ron no. Coleman. No, no, it was okay. just the words. You're, you're thinking of a song. He was singing or repeating right. the word song. I am I the, the man who broke the bank at Monte Carlo. Right, and I know the song. Echo. It's it's. As I walk along the boulevard with an independent air, you can hear the girls declare, he must be a millionaire. You can see him, you see him wink the other eye. He's the man who broke the bank in Monte Carlo. Um, but I, I have to, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, you need any hands? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, he hears the echo because he's riding a camel in the desert. Oh, that part I don't remember. Not Lawrence um, of Arabia. I'm pretty sure it yeah. wasn't in Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Lori's right. He does He does sing that. Peter O'Toole does sing that as he's, yes, as he is Absolutely. Peter in Lawrence of Arabia. Yes, very good. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And uh, Lori, go ahead, please. Well, first, uh, a guest from Damien on the on the TV shows was showing him. Uh, how about the Sonny and Cher show? Nope. These are all going on Damien if he misses. And how about the Dean Martin show? No. All right, Damien. <laughs> all right. So my question, we have time for this. Um, the Fortune 500 list started in, oh, this is, my son gave me this question, Jared Green. So thank, thank you, Jared. Um, he, uh, in 1955, Forbes started the list of the Fortune 500. What 10 companies were the top 10 companies in the Fortune 500 based on their revenue? And I'm sorry, what year are we talking about? 1955. So that's when they started it. And these are the top 10 companies. And I'll give you, well, since there's 10, I'll give you like two and a half each. Is U.S. Steel one? Yes, number three. Very good. Is General Electric one? It is, number four. What about Ford and General Motors? Ford is not on the list, but General Motors is number one. They're doing great. Give Kira and I'll give you a combined two more between the two of you. So we have U.S. Steel, General Electric, and General Motors. Who's got another? Standard Oil? Uh, no. Okay. I was surprised. Well, that had been broken up in the different companies. Yeah. that's, that's um, what Let's see. Oh, what about a department store? What do you think? No, uh, probably not. No, probably no, no. Huh. Okay. Leave it, leave it out. Let us think no, about it. No department uh, just, store. Give the question once more, if you would. So, 1955, Fortune magazine started the Fortune 500 and uh, still continues to this day. What were the 10 top companies in revenues in 1955 in America? General, All right. These are worldwide companies. General Motors, U.S. Steel, and General Electric are off the grid. And if you have another guess or two, we can do it. Otherwise, Are there any more car companies? Uh, are yes. we done with those? Are we, nope. Okay. There's one more car company and... Other kinds, I won't give you any more hints. No, no department stores. Uh, is it Chevrolet? No, not Chevrolet. I think Chevrolet is part of. Part of yeah, that's oh, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Oh, Oldsmobile. No, no Chrysler. Oh, Chrysler. that's it. Chrysler's it. That's number right. six on the list. Right. We have six more to go, and we'll leave it out for our guests. All right, uh, you don't have to repeat that, Lori. But let's repeat any questions that haven't been answered yet. So, Kira, let's start with you. 
All right, so I've given you a list of MacGuffins. I just want to know what movies they're from. The, the ones we have left are Colonel Kurtz, Professor Lin's Secret Formula, The Genesis Device, A Message for the Foreign Office in Whitehall, encoded in a tune, The Necronomicon, Marvin Acme's Will, and The Continuum Transfunctioner. Also, we established that silent film star Pearl White coined a term that is used basically the same way we use MacGuffin now, Alfred Hitchcock's term MacGuffin. 20 years before Hitchcock, she had a term that meant the same thing. What was it? That's all I have. I want to take was Professor Lintz, oh, I'm Go sorry, ahead. no. Uh, Professor Lintz's secret formula, was that torn curtain by any chance? Uh, it is torn curtain. That is all right. Okay. And how about Colonel Kurtz? I don't think of him as a MacGuffin, but is it um, either Heart of Darkness or Apocalypse Now? I have it as Apocalypse Now, but yes. Because he's was a doing character movies. in both. Yeah. yeah. I, I think fair. I object to him being a MacGuffin, but that's okay. Okay. That's fair. Okay. And Lori? Um, yeah. In, in the American Film Institute of the list of the 50 top villains of all time in movies, Six of the top ten are women. We have the Wicked Witch of the West, Nurse Ratched, and Alex Forrest. We're looking for three more. Okay. And uh, what are the two most common phrases in the Bible? And I'm taking in the Old and the New Testament. Uh, they are basically, they could be seen as commands or requests. Um, I have a okay. guess for that. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Not, not for me. This is from the husband. Uh, do not be afraid. Yes. That is one of them. Be not afraid. Very good. Way to go, John. Very good. Yes. uh, One of the two most common phrases in the Bible is be not afraid. What is the other? And um, It's on a delay. He just woohooed. Okay. And and just to be clear, the other is kind of like be not afraid. It means it's it's kind of like that. Yeah. So it's not fear me. That would be the opposite. No. That's what I thought it would be. And uh, what are the seven longest-running TV shows that actually have the word show in their title? These are primetime network shows, seven longest-running primetime network TV shows that actually have the word show in the title. And so far we have The Ed Sullivan Show and The Carol Burnett Show, I believe. So um, what are the others on that list? And let's and see. Damien guesses the Arsenio Hall show. I think that's, that's not a primetime show. All right. Not primetime. All right. Keep primetime. And uh, let's see. I think it's my turn anyway. Is it my turn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just doing? Okay. What is, um, I'll give you something fairly short here. What two nuclear powers have the shortest land border with each other? What two nuclear, nuclear uh, power countries have the shortest land border with each other. I have no idea who this nuclear weaponry is. How about in the Middle East? That's where, is that where it's going to be? Well, I mean, it takes in any country that has acknowledged nuclear weapons. Right. And its neighbor acknowledges them too. Yes. So is, is it Iran and Iraq? It is not. Okay. What about uh, North and South Korea? It is not. Now, South Korea doesn't have nuclear weapons. Except yeah, that's like I think remember. we have... The United States has nuclear weapons there, I think, but uh, I'm not sure about that. But no. So what two countries who have nuclear weapons acknowledged have the shortest land border with each other? So, All right. And Damien, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hello? Hi, you're on. Okay. I'm going to just Fran. Uh, Fran. Oh, Hi. 
Uh, it's raining out. <laughs> anyway, the Andy Griffith Show. Yes, that is one of them. Nice. Very good. I'm going to try one more Merv Griffin Show. Nope, that's that uh, was not a prime time show. Okay, Andy Griffith. Um, is it possible that Joan Crawford in Mommy Dearest? In the villains? It's possible, but yeah. she didn't make it. She's not in the top 50. Sorry. Okay. So here I have a current events question, which um, isn't political. Well, it is. There are currently two authors being uh, reevaluated um, because of their books in which racism has been a problematic. There, one of them is a children's book author and one is a famous novelist. Dr. Seuss is the children's book, that's for sure. Right. Right? Yes. And were you saying this wasn't a political question? <laughs> well, I guess it is. <laughs> oh, I think so. Yeah, it is. Okay, everything is political. <laughs> is the other one Harry Potter? I mean, uh, you know, J.K. Rowling? Uh, I believe she is, but I have somebody else in mind. It's very recent. And this hmm. is a non-children's book author. Is yes, a very famous uh, novelist. Person still alive? The writer? No. Literature, but I think it, it's... Oh, what about uh, Truman Capote? Not that I know of. That's not what I'm thinking of. I, I haven't heard that. Um, so it's a novelist. And, well, yeah, and literature. Yeah. An American? Y yes. The 20th century? Yes. Sal what about Salinger? Maybe. Yeah, maybe not. How about Harper Lee as a wild guess? Hmm. Now, let me give you a clue. It's uh, anti-Semitic. <laughs> Roald Dahl. Oh, he, he's not American. Yeah, um, Roald Dahl was in the news lately for that. Oh. Um... It's pretty recent, and, um, you know, can, do you have it? No, we don't. Hmm. Um, I got it. I'm, I've lost his name. F. Scott Fitzgerald. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's an old accusation from the great Gatsby and Meyer Wolfsheim, but it's, that's not recent. Uh, well, they're doing, they, they, it's recent right now because people who have something to do with his estate are dealing with it. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. Um, well, thank you. Can I ask another question? Okay, okay. quickly. <laughs> um, Dave Seville made um, Alvin and the Chipmunks popular. I want to know what was his rock and roll song that was... Uh, very popular before that. One Is that song. Witch Doctor? Yes, it was the Witch Doctor. Okay. Good job. Nice work. Very good. Thank you all. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Classic song. And uh, you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Sunday at 7 p.m. Hope you're enjoying the show. Our panel tonight, that would be Kira Pace, technical editor, uh, Lori Fisher from Dabble Valley College, and uh, I'm your moderator, Dana Rodriguez, and you're listening to us on 91.7 FM. That is KALW, your local public radio station. Uh, feel free to give us a call. The two numbers are area code 415-841-4134 or toll free 866-798-8255. And let's go to a call, Damian. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hi, Dina. It's Megan in San Francisco. Hi, Megan. 
Um, I have a question for you guys. Can you guys yes. tell me what is the, well, it's a, it's a progressive question, so the answer to part one will lead into part two. Um, what is the origin of the word salad? Salad, as in uh, S-A-L-A, you mean like it's something you eat, salad? Yep, like salad, like you eat. Okay, all right. What is the origin of the word? You mean uh, the language origin or the meaning origin or how so? Yeah, the etymology of the... Um... Okay, all right. Hmm. Is it a non-European language? Um, no, it's a, Europe- it's a European language. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds like salud, but I don't think that's actually it, yeah. something else that's nothing like salad. Is it one of those that is, you know, translated? Um, I'll give you a hint. Con- concentrate on the first three letters. So, oh, salt. Right, right, right. It means salt. Sal. Is that it? Yep, Kira, you're on the right. You're you're going down the right path here. Oh, what more do you want? Well, so it's um, it's, it's from the Latin herba salata or salt and greens, which I, is supposedly grown out of the ancient Roman habit of dipping romaine lettuce in salt. Ah, hmm. ah all right, good, good. So, I think you should so give take, care take of credit. The answer, <laughs> take the answer to that question, salt. And what what two countries are the top salt exporters in the world? Salt exporters. Uh, well, I well, if they're exporting, it could be it could be one of the smaller countries like uh, Germany, Poland, Austria, all of which have huge salt mines. I mean, they're not the biggest salt producers, but I don't know that like they're exporting salt in like Bolivia or anything. So, so Kira, you got you got one of them. G- Germany is number two in annual salt exports, and it's not Poland for number one. Nope. Is it so is Russia. it European or is it elsewhere in the world? Um, same continent, so yep, think, think continental Europe. Um, hmm. And same part of Europe? Um, go a little north and a little west. All right. Uh, let's see. Den- is it Denmark? Nope, con- is continental. This- oh, no, Denmark's continental. Uh, Netherlands? This is Netherlands. Okay. Oh, so it's it's harvested from the sea rather than the a mine, sort of. Actually, right? the Netherlands are are the Netherlands are from mines. Yes. Oh, okay. Good know. Cool. Interesting. All right. Anyway, I thought it was funny because you don't think of the Netherlands and Germany as with salt, or at least I don't. Well, Germany has some really fascinating salt mines. They do really cool stuff with it. They have uh, some great tours, like just outside of Austria. But I had no idea about the Netherlands. That's right. interesting. All right. Well, thanks Thank for a great show, guys. All right. Good thanks. Bye bye. And uh, let's see. Next call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Is that me? It is you. Okay. Well. Uh... I've got uh, three things here. The one I'm kind of fairly sure of, the message for the foreign office in a tune is that lady on a train. Oh, you were so close with the lady, and then uh, and then it went haywire. Lady it's not lady on a train? No, Lori just, no, uh, just the tagged lady vanishes. The lady vanishes. There yes. it is. Tag team there effort. Is a, 
there is a film and uh, there's a film called lady on a train by the way so uh, with deanna durbin so maybe you were thinking of that but but no so i get a bell for lady vanishes sure. yes yeah there you go bible phrase how about fear not fear not is correct nice yes. work good job and the third did you get the the problematic children's book yes uh, the office yes. yeah was it little black sambo or something else it was dr seuss Oh, Dr. Seuss isn't nearly as <laughs> racist as <laughs> Little Black Sambo. <laughs> right, but th- this was, was the most the recent. Yeah. yeah, Little Black Sambo is not really seen in schools anymore, <laughs> but as Dr. Seuss is. So. <laughs> okay, well, have a great evening. This is Bubba Thank Fisco you. Dave. All right, bye-bye. And, uh, all right, who has a very short question they want to ask? Anybody? I do. I do. All right. Since I was last here, Lawrence Ferlinghetti died? And I want to know the origin of the term beatnik, and along with it, the origin of the word hippie, which is tied to that somehow. So somebody, who coined the term beatnik, and then how did it link to the um, evolution of the word hippie? Hmm. Nope. I thought thought you'd name it. Nope. It's It's a local writer who wrote it. And I'll give you the year. Did Jack Kerouac have anything to do with it? No, only that he was present and in this area. It's um, April 1958. Is it a poet? No. It's, right. uh, it's oh. a, a kind of a quip, quipping newspaper guy. Oh. Herb Kane. Yes. Is, is it Herb Kane? Is it, it Herb Kane, really? It is Herb <laughs> Kane. And then it was. It was Herb Kane, 1958, in the Chronicle. And it was a play on the word Sputnik. He was playing around with Sputnik and called the Beatniks. Which I thought was very cool, and then um, let's see the the and the word hippie was tied onto it because somebody wrote an article, a new paradise for what? That's where the word hippie was coined. By I'll tell you the writer's name. I haven't heard of him, Michael Fallon, but a new paradise for what? Hmm. For beatniks. That's it. In the San Francisco Examiner, he wrote a column called "The New Paradise for Beatniks," there and you go. It, he coined the term hippie. Very good. All right. Thank you. Okay. And man. let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Well, hi there. It's Danny and Sandra in Albany. Hi. Well, hi there. Uh, I, I just got snookered on Lady Vanishes and Herb Kane, so that was kind of a, <laughs> annoying. However, uh, my, uh, dar- my darling wife uh, has an idea for the uh, show with the word show in it. Here you are. Lawrence Welk. I no, say Lawrence because- Welk. That was not a primetime show. Really? Syndicated. That was syndicated in different times. Really? It was not a network show either. Boy, I should remember listening to that, watching that at night, but uh, all right. Uh, So uh, how about about a couple of good uh, uh, movie uh, female villains? Uh, Two of my favorites uh, would be uh, Mrs. Danvers and Rebecca and Angela Lansbury and Manchurian Candidate. Yeah, right. both great, and both are in the top fifty. One is uh, Mrs. Manchurian Candidate's twenty-one, and Mrs. Danvers thirty-one. So they're not in the top ten. Oh, they are evil. who? They're evil. The wicked uh, stepmother. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, in Sleeping Beauty. Oh, in, yeah, Sleeping Beauty. How about that? Sleeping Beauty, no, wicked stepmother. One of them. One of them is animated. 
One of them is animated. Oh my! Well, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to like just muse. Uh, but uh, I, I would. I don't know. I know that the Necronomicon. Uh, I, I can't put a movie to it, but it seems like it was a, a known imaginary uh, book of the dead in, in H.P. Lovecraft. I remember it from H.P. Lovecraft. So what did it? Was it in some sort of horror movie? Uh, horror comedy. Horror comedy. Horror action comedy. Well, think, think Bruce franchise. Campbell. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't watch those, so I'll let somebody else guess that one. All right. Thank, thank you, guys. <laughs> See you soon. Thank you. See you later. Bye. <laughs> would yeah. you like? Would you like to guess which? No, of leave Bruce it out. Campbell? Leave it out for people. <laughs> okay. I'll give him the hand for Bruce Campbell. <laughs> and um, all right. And next call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Bill, Bill in Mountain View. Hi. Hey, so um, two answers on the show uh, question. Is um, the uh, Jackie Gleason show one of them? That's a very good guess, but no, it's not. Not long enough. How about the Lucy show? Yes, the Lucy show is one. <laughs> cool. Very it was, good. It was the Honeymooners, then it was uh, I Love Lucy, and then it was the Lucy show. But I was taught back in college in 1974 in a telecommunications and film program at San Jose State or San Diego State, that um, Lucy at that time was the longest-running show in history. Well, it wasn't. I mean, she was in different shows that had slightly different titles. They all had Lucy in the title, but the Lucy show was the longest-running one of them. So, yeah. Got it. And then the other one is I got an answer on the uh, villains. You mentioned cartoons. Uh, Cruella DeVille. No, she's not. She didn't make the list. She should have. But oh, she man. Didn't, she's her agent out wasn't working hard enough. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And next call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hi, this is Karen. I'm at JP in San Francisco. Hi. Hey. Um, so I, I was going to guess Cruella also. I'm shocked that she's not on the top six. Me what about too, other yeah. Disney movies like Ursula and Little Mermaid? Ursula didn't make the list. She might even okay. be too re- The list was 2003. I'm not sure when the Little Mermaid was. Like 1990. And what about, um, what about um, any, any femme fatales or Bond girls? Uh, a femme fatale for sure. Like okay, what about um, Eve in All About Eve? Not even all about. Ooh, him. that's a good guess, though. I like okay, that. Okay, what about number Stanwyck and Double Indemnity? That's it. Phyllis Dietrich and oh. Double Indemnity. Great. Yay! Was- okay, and then um, JP got. Um, we think the nuclear powers that have the shortest border is that Pakistan and China. It is not Pakistan and China. Oh, okay. Yay. And I think that was. Um, oh. I have another one for the um, for the villains. What about Professor Umbridge in uh, Harry Potter? Professor Umbridge is not on the list at okay. all. Oh, and they, really I evil. They're all, it's the American Film Institute, so they're all American movies. So okay. That would eliminate the Harry Potter. Oh, okay, and we have one more. Um, the Genesis device for the MacGuffin is um, from Star Trek II Search for Khan. It is from Star Trek to the Wrath Good of Khan. Job. I would also have accepted Star Trek Three: Search for Spock. It was up there too. Nice job. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Take care. Bye. 
And uh, next call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hi, this is Tom in Southern California. Hi, Tom. Uh, hi, is the Bruce Campbell movie The Hudsucker Proxy? Who's yeah, not? No, <laughs> no, no, it's Evil Dead. Take another guess at that then. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Good job. Yeah. Evil Dead. Great, great movie. Um, female villains. How about Rosa Klebb from, uh, from Russia with Love? I like you know, that. I like it too, but I think it's not American and she's not on the list anyway. So that's. Oh, okay. she, oh she is evil. Scares me still. Uh, Rosamund, uh, Rosamund Pike character in Gone Girl? Nope. Too recent, I think. Uh, oh, right. Um, Meryl Streep and Iron Lady. No. Not Meryl. I don't think. Uh, I, don't, okay. I don't know if she'd be classified as evil, but not on the list. Right. I would. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, top 10 Fortune 500. How about uh, ITT, International Telephone and Telegraph? No. AT&T is on the list, but lower. <laughs> you, oh. You're not, you weren't thinking of ITT Tech, where you know, that's not it. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Corinthian Colleges. Uh, no. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> they're pretty evil, uh, I understand. Or Union Pacific? Not Union Pacific. Uh, no, no railroads in the top ten. Okay. How about DuPont or Alcoa? Ah, DuPont is number ten. Very good. Very good. We're almost out of time. Okay, and then Russia and North Korea for the border. And that's it. That is correct. Russia and North Korea have a 12-mile border. Good job. Thanks, Tom. On your end. Bye. Bye. Okay, time to clean up here. Akira, what do we got? Real quick, Lori, what about us in Snow White, Maleficent, the evil stepmother? That's it. Yeah. Snow White, is that the queen? Yeah, the queen. That's the queen. All right. Very good. The, the MacGuffins I had left are Marvin Acme's Will. It's a MacGuffin in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And um, the continuing Transfunctioner is from Dana's favorite movie of all time, Dude, Where's My Car? I know you're uh, And uh, the word that Pearl White used 20 years before MacGuffin, uh, that word was weenie. She called it a weenie. A weenie? Yep. All right. And that's all I've got. All right. All in, right. The Fortune, in the Fortune 500 in 1955, the missing ones we have are Exxon Mobil, uh, Gulf Oil, and Mobil. So those those had something in common. Armor, the food company, and a company I've never heard of called Smark, which turned into Swift Meats. And the only the only female we're missing villain, and I you could take issue with this, is Reagan McNeil in The Exorcist. So well, she's, she's not the villain. I mean, she's, well, I she can't help herself. <laughs> The girl can't help it. That's the other. Yeah. All yes, right. The seven longest running TV shows that actually have the word show in their title. The Red Skelton show, the Ed Sullivan show, the Lucy show, uh, the Carol Burnett show, the Andy Griffiths show, the Cosby show, and the Danny Thomas show. Yeah. So if you didn't get to your call, if we did not get to your call, I do apologize. Please remember that Minds Over Matter is here every Sunday at 7 p.m. So if you enjoyed us today, please listen next week and give us a call. Uh, my thanks to Kira Pace, technical editor, Laurie Fisher from Dabo Valley College. I bid your moderator, Dana Rodriguez. Our thanks to Damian D. Minor for handling the board and phones. And, of course, our great thanks to you out there for taking the time to tune in and call in. Have a great week. Please join us next Sunday at 7. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. You don't send, you bank, if it ain't been.